meeting new people because of all the sports teams that I was shooting for. To film and edit was sort of another escape. There's all these artists who like, I see they go and they live there or they grow up there. Welcome to Offstage with Jordan Baylor, where you'll discover the stories behind the movers and shakers in the entertainment and business world. Now here's your host, Jordan Baylor. Have you ever met someone truly accomplished? I mean, genuinely about the work and grind of their craft. Doesn't brag, doesn't flaunt it, but they know what they've done and accomplished. So it's enough for them. That's what I took away from my interview with Dustin. He doesn't keep talking about it. He doesn't brag about it. He just does the work and the work will show you've done it. Welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. And this is a new year. We're almost at the end of the first month in the first year of the new decade. And I've got to ask you, what is this decade going to bring you? What's the end goal? What are we waking up and letting drive our lives? Or are we on autopilot? Where do you see yourself one year from today? These are all hard questions, I know. But they are questions you need to be asking of yourself. Simply put, no one is going to ask these questions of you but you. No one cares about the dream that makes your heart sing the way you do. You know that saying, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself. At the base core of it, that's what it means. And I'm not saying no one cares about you. I'm saying no one is going to do the work for you. No one is going to do the work for you. Let that sink in. If you're a photographer, for example, no one is going to hold your hand and take you to the library and, and, and force you to look at old archive photography books and, and study your craft and see what's done before you and see what who the greats are. And you learn their names and techniques and and, and no one's going to make you go buy the new online course that's going to teach you skin retouching techniques so that you can apply it for your next project or or go outside and shoot some flowers and see if you can mess around in some Photoshop project. No one cares about your project the way you do. These are all things that are self-driven. You have to be a self-driven individual if you want to accomplish what it is that you're hoping to get out of life. I caught up with the insanely busy individual named Dustin Estrada, a content creator out of Houston. One thing I think is special about him is he consistently travels to different cities and creates a, uh, quote, tour where he'll drop into a city like Austin or L.A. for a week. And he'll just crank out an, a nauseating amount of photo shoots and videos for models and brands whom he shoots for. Admittedly, I knew a few things about Dustin before the um, interview began. But one thing I learned was just how accomplished and how much work he's put in towards his goal of becoming a visual creator for brands and models and, and shooting his style of photography. So I, I, I want you to take this away. What is it you're working towards? I want to bring to you our conversation with the formidable Dustin Estrada. Hey, welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. I have the fantabulous Dustin Estrada on the line with me. He is a great 
content creator who specializes in photography and videography. How are you doing today, Dustin? I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thank you so much for uh, the interview. I know you're a busy man and you uh, bounce. He, the thing about Dustin is that he, he bounces between cities and uh, cranks out a lot of content in each city. He's a man of many means and he has a lot of uh, travel miles on his card. If you, <laughs> 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 What cities do you work out of, Dustin? Um, right now, I'm currently based out of Houston, but I also do work in Dallas, Austin, and um, I also am trying to take more trips out to Los Angeles and spread my name out there. So that's kind of where I'm at mostly right now. Okay. That's cool. So um, who is, I always like to start off every interview and, and really go like, who is Dustin Estrada? Uh, Dustin Estrada, um, I guess to kind of talk talk about myself in third person. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's an individual who... Uh, He's an individual that, that kind of grew up in a small town where um, everyone kind of knew each other. And uh, I was always pushed to, to be in sports, be out and about, active. And so I kind of grew up uh, in that sense. And then I reached a certain point where I wanted to start filming those sports and creating content, um, whether it be like a recap a type of a hype video for a sports team. And I started to realize that I wanted to start marketing myself as a DGE Films. And DGE, um, of course, is uh, Dustin Garrett Estrada. Blended that together and then films after it. So uh, I think I think that's Dustin. Dustin was, was someone who was always wanting to be active, always wanting to be out and about. Um, and then DG Films came along and kind of uh, took the reins of all right, let's let's showcase uh, sports, and of course that led to different things uh, that kind of gets me off topic. But I think uh, Dustin was someone who always uh, was very adventurous um, with anything that I I do. Okay, so you you started in sports. Um, how how did you get started in the career you're currently in? Um, talk me through that. Um, I, it's, it started, I think my junior to senior year in high school, I was very fascinated with, uh, with Nike. I think during my years in high school, I was very fascinated with Nike being a runner in high school. Um, I consumed a lot of content revolving around like Steve Prefontaine and, um, Phil Knight and how Nike originated and started and. So I consumed a lot of Nike commercials and content and I was just like, you know what? I want to create um, visuals. I want to create this idea. Um, so I got with a friend of mine who played soccer and I remember I made like my first video and it, it was not good. <laughs> it was very poorly edited, but the vision was there. Mm -hmm. And um, my senior year, I remember that I, I, my senior year, well, to backtrack, my my junior year. Do you ever do you remember the uh, those little flip cameras? Uh, you, you they they were like white or black or some color, and they had a USB drive that you would plug into your computer, and it would just be like a pocket sized camera. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't remember that. 
So I remember the flip phones that were straight up garbage and the film, yeah. the film looked like potatoes, but I never remember. <laughs> so basically the to fast forward on on me using that, I, I, I think it was probably 720p or something, but I took it to a basketball game and I filmed the whole game and I'm just with a pocket camera like going side to side up and down the court and like <laughs> zooming in from the stands and I cut that together and I sent it to the basketball coach and I sent it to the uh, the volleyball coach because I knew that both those teams like had their practices and had their uh, games on that court. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to send this to both of them, see what they say. They both responded back. They go, hey, we would love to have you uh, film our whole team uh, throughout the, the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, all right, great. And so... It started with the volleyball team first. They usually have like uh, a Nike Invitational. And so me already in the Nike realm, I'm all like, oh, this is perfect. But then I think they changed to Adidas, I believe. But um, I created uh, an opening ceremony video for them. And they were really like, all right, this this is nice. And I, I remember I didn't have the best the best equipment. I, I think I was using iMovie. And, uh, the, the coach, the coach was saying, Hey, how can we like pay you for this? And I go, well, really, uh, I need a new software. And at the time I was really liking how iMovie was and I knew final cut was the next, uh, next thing to go to. So then basically they, they, uh, bought me final cut when I was wow. like 17 the school? years old. The school did that? Uh, well, it was like through, through the budget, through the marketing budget. Um, but, but still, that, the school did it, though, right? Yeah, the school did it, and that that was something that was eye opening. I didn't really tell many people about it at the time because I was like, "Whoa, like this is kind of moving a little fast," and I didn't know <laughs> that I could maneuver my way of, of marketing myself like that and uh, getting compensated that way. But um, yeah, and then to to jump ahead throughout my senior year, I was like, "Whoa, like if I can do this with with one team, I want to do it with another team," and I filmed maybe six or seven high school sports and i went to about six or seven <laughs> banquets because they, they all wanted like a video there and um and yeah throughout high school i was just filming all sports and then it, uh towards the end of my senior year everyone knew me by word of mouth and so i was making recruiting videos i think there was around like 150 to 200 a pop <laughs> for, for a recruiting video and uh, I mean, I was 18 years old making recruiting videos for kids like I was in the same classroom as. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was cool. And so that's that was basically uh, the highlight of, of high school and, and just starting video. So I started with video first. And yeah. You started with video and then. So, but you were an athlete at the time that you were into like the Nike commercials. Yeah. So, so why, why didn't you want to be the person in front of the camera? What, what? What's that about? Like, you know, usually you hear somebody say, "I want to, I want to be the athlete on the Nike ad." Right, right. Not, I, not. I want to make the the ad. Like, you're not going to hear like Serena Williams be like, "How do you direct that?" <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, were you a star it, athlete, or were you just like, oh, "I'm just going to use this to maybe get a uh, scholarship or something"? Or the the great the crazy thing was I. Gr- growing up, I, I wasn't I wasn't the most fit, and I remember. This is a true story. The summer before my freshman year of high school, I ran eight miles every other day and um, was for sure in like probably the best shape of my life. Um, And 
I, I remember and I remember I was on tracks and uh, like a, a local track down the street and summer track coaches would come up to me after I was running and they're all like, hey, do you run summer track? And I go, no, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm training to, to be in baseball for, for, uh, for my school. And they're like, you're training to be in baseball. You're running. We see you run every other day on this track and you just keep going around the track around and around. And uh, to go into my freshman year, I wanted to play baseball for the high school that uh, I was attending. And they, they timed us in the mile. <laughs> and I beat everybody by a landslide. Wow. And I think it was like, I don't know, maybe like 535. <laughs> that, that was my mile. Wow. And uh, just just the, ti- the timed run. And all the players in the class were like, yo, what is up with this guy? And not even a week later, uh, the baseball coach contacted the track coach and the cross-country coach. And then a week after that, I'm, I'm hearing a knock on the door being like, hey, Dustin, like, I told the coach about you. And uh, I think we need to, like, switch you out of, like, one, one of your classes so that you can, you can. They wanted me to put me in the cross-country class, which was first period. And... Uh, it was just all this stuff involving me moving around my schedule just to make room for cross country. And I was just like, I thought I was going to play baseball in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically what it turned into was I kept, I stayed in the baseball class, but what I had to do was I had to get to school and start running by 6 a.m. every morning uh, to run in the mornings. And then after I was done with my run, I would shower and go to first period and go through the whole day and still have, uh, still be in the baseball class. So I did that my whole freshman year. And um, to, to jump ahead a little bit, uh, I think it was like my second or third race. Uh, well, yeah, my second or third race, they, they put me on varsity because I was just fast and I remember I would go out to practices and talk with the guys and be like, hey, like how many people are able to be on varsity? And they're like, oh, they take the top seven. And I go, all right, well, what are they running? I was always interested of like, how, how can I better myself? How can I reach a higher level? And um, they're just like, yeah, these are the times. This is like what you need to hit if you want to be in that top seven. And by my third meet, I was, I was already running. And my first meet on varsity, I, uh, I think I got fourth. I think I got fourth out of the team. So four out of seven. And uh, for the rest of high school, I was on varsity for cross country all four years. And then I did track uh, mostly just freshman through junior. Senior year, I fell into to film. And uh, yeah, my senior year was very busy. My senior year, uh, of course, being on varsity cross country, my senior year, you kind of know everyone at the school. I was meeting new people because of all the sports teams that I was shooting for. Uh, but yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was just a new passion that came in. But of course, I was still running hard and uh, kind of had like a good balance. Uh, running was a escape for me to like release endorphins, get a good workout in. And then starting to, to film and edit was sort of another escape. Um, so it was kind of like I was just escaping the world <laughs> uh t- times two so that was that was cool to do my senior year so you're running eight miles every other day and then of mm-hmm. course you you you're 
changing your running strategy when you start comparing yourself and start competing on a, a high school collegiate, you know, want to go maybe, I don't know, maybe you want to go collegiate level. Mm -hmm. um, how has that work ethic that you developed through that, how, how has that translated into your photography, videography career? Um, uh, a lot. I, yeah, a, a lot, I would say, um, I guess to talk about my senior year, there were, there were a lot of schools, uh, division two, II, division three schools that wanted me to come run. And I was very stubborn <laughs> from, <laughs> from, from the jump, especially being exposed to a uh, bunch of Nike commercials and seeing the athletes and everything. I, I didn't want to, uh, to go to anything less than a division one school. Um, but no, there, <laughs> there was a lot of schools. There were schools in, I remember in New York and Chicago, um, uh, Pennsylvania, um, I think in Louisiana. And there was even a coach that called me directly because a lot of my information was on my, uh, my track profile on certain Of course websites. you had a badass reel cause you did it yourself, right? <laughs> you didn't charge yourself $200. <laughs> no, no. Um, but no, I, I had, I had the opportunity, but I think at the time I, I, I just wasn't ready. I, I uh, didn't want to do that. And, um, I took that energy and my, I knew that I honestly didn't, I really didn't want to go to community college, but I ended up doing it. I ended up staying home. I went to community college and I told myself, all right, Dustin, you're going to take this energy, all this energy that you built up, um, working on yourself with running and, um, with what I accomplished after my senior year with video that, uh, I'm going to make a name for myself within uh, sports and videography. And those two years, I got my associate's degree uh, in exactly two years. And in that time, it, it of course sucked, like going to community college does suck. But in that time, my time away from school, like I was doing, I was running grip work for the Houston Dynamo. I, uh, I did some pregame work with the Houston Texans. And um, I don't know, it, it, it uh, it opened up doors and I was just on a roll and I got connected with, I think I did a piece for Vibe Houston and I was filming my high school and like the sister high school and then local high schools around. And I mean, there was stuff that during when Vine was around, uh, there was stuff I would put up on there. I think at one point before Vine passed away or whatever, I had, I think about a million loops on all my sports videos and there was some videos that that went viral on twitter um just because i was doing something that not many kids were doing not many kids were like graduating high school and then going back to high school to make their high school recaps look amazing mm. um but that was just something that i was doing uh at that time well, that's a nice way you gifted your uh school of, mm -hmm. of your yeah. talent you know because they yeah. invested in you they gave you uh you know thousand dollars editing software that's really really hard software to get your hand i remember when i was in high school final cut pro was like the vision it was like oh man i got it once i get final cut pro <laughs> it's a wrap you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah i mean i mean at that at the time uh it wasn't that much <laughs> yeah but it was it was uh it was how much was it it was like what two three hundred dollars or something it was three it was three yeah three yeah hey, still yeah for, still yeah like broke a, high school a, kid yeah a 17 year old kid yeah, um, yeah. that's a pretty good trade-off so what's the mindset of a creator like mm -hmm. when you're at that level working for yourself and you're right. um, 
catching the fish, cooking the fish, cleaning the fish. Like you're doing everything. Yeah, I would. I, when do you get a chance to just step back and breathe? I mean, do you ever <laughs> get a chance I do. to do that? I, I do. Uh, I do step back and, and breathe. I think most mostly on Sundays. Uh, I'm someone who who grew up Catholic, so um, I, I believe in God, and and I I try to take more time on my Sundays to kind of step back, go to church. Um, some other ways I kind of step back is uh, over the past uh, last half of the year, I've been going to yoga more. So, I mean, an hour of hot yoga um, a couple days a week is, is definitely a good escape. Um, but yeah, I mean, to touch on the mind of, of the creator, I mean, in my, in my uh, bio on Instagram, uh, it says it's a mindset. And I remember I, I tell a lot of people around me that it's, it's your way of thinking. And I think through my travels around Texas and um, also across uh, the U.S. so far that traveling really does open up your mind and really does um, expose you to ways of culture, like living and expenses and, and makes you grow up a lot quicker than most people who just live their whole lives in one city, which isn't bad, but um, definitely people who uh, travel a lot um, uh, you're exposed to more and my mindset of, of of how I'm thinking now is is strangely very clear um, I think I'm leaning more towards uh, wanting to document more of what I'm doing in the sense of like I I've done a lot so far but now it's like all right how do I push this energy um, into making it be seamless making it seem like no hiccups um, everything's somewhat perfect and things are more organized. Um, but of course that took uh, trial and error, uh, finding out things that, man, this really didn't work. I took this trip and something didn't work out. So it's like, all right, how can I make the next trip better and uh, be more smooth, like work uh, smoother? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, you say you work hard to like put that you know, that seamless, like, I'm always working, I'm always putting up work and, mm. you know, make it kind of seem like your life's, I mean, not really perfect, but making it seem like it's going very, very smooth and there's really no struggle as a photographer. Um, <laughs> there, right. There, yeah, kind of well, like the Instagram trap, like a little bit, you know, yeah, like, I, 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 everything's I will, breezy. It's so, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I will say, I will say that uh, the, the Instagram game is definitely something that a lot of people uh, try to put their lives and, and have it at that level. And uh, yeah, I, I will say at, at a certain time and maybe even a little bit today that I, I fall victim to that, but I'm trying to, uh, it's, it's more of like when I'm working on a project with a brand and I have clothes that I need to shoot with, I have a studio that I need to book, a model that I know would be perfect for it, organizing all of that and making sure everything is seamless all the way down to like uh, the Uber, if a new Uber needs to be called to, depending on what city I'm in, sometimes it takes an hour to get wherever I'm going to uh, the model's attire, if she needs to bring anything, if there's a makeup artist involved to make sure the studio is booked on time, if I need a studio. It's more, it's more of like make sure everything um, – on the whole scope of things is seamless so that whenever the edits go up and the deliverables are sent to whatever client, um, to that client and to the public, 
they see, wow, like this guy is like very good at what he's does, what he does. He's very professional. Um, so on, on that, on that side, uh, is what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like, you know, you got to put that facade up. Even when things aren't going great, you're still like, yo, Dustin's still killing the game. <laughs> <laughs> because like, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of content creators have a lot of uh, anxiety and, and stuff. They feel like they're not creating enough or it's not at the level when they don't even have the talent. Like at this point, sometimes, you know, it takes steps, right. levels to it. And mm -hmm. people on level two are looking at a guy, say they go to your Instagram, you're like a level eight and they're going, damn, my stuff needs to be like his today or next week. And it's like, no, you haven't cut your teeth quite yeah. like Dustin has. Like <laughs> Dust, you just said, you mean, you know, you said you did the grip work for the Dynamo. You did this for Vine. All those are like little parts of your photography school and people right. aren't willing to, you know, sit in a car and I don't know, I don't know how long your trek was every day to go to the dynamo, but people might not want to do all the cleanup work on the set, but there, there, there you learn how to break down a set. You learn where are the lights placed. You right. learn the simple things mm -hmm. that, that uh, aren't really sexy to know, but you definitely need to know it as a photographer. Yeah. So, you know, the, uh, I was talking about the, the anxiety that people sometimes feel where they try and compare you to themselves do you ever go through that yeah it it happened a lot uh well to kind of backtrack to the whole going through the process i remember in high school shooting all of that stuff i was never paid to go to all <laughs> of those games that i went to yeah and you you could ask my uh, you're talking to the av kid of his high school so like i totally understand yeah like, <laughs> they had me go to all the track yeah. all this all of that but, the, but yeah but um yeah and, but i was there was nobody the, the thing is no there was nobody telling me like there was times where i was at a soccer game like you could interview one of the soccer girls who knows back there i was at a soccer game and it was 40 30 degrees outside and i'm on the sidelines not getting paid like creating content gathering the footage from the game um and and yeah the the, the whole process of uh shooting all that and but i was i was getting experience that like i was shooting like one of one of the top schools in the houston area so i'm like this is great content for sports um but to to fast forward to um comparing myself so i remember yeah during the time that i was creating sports i'm like all right this is this video like um is, is it better than like the next guy or the next girl creating content that's video related and photos and stuff like that and yes I would I would compare and I remember I reached a point where I kind of faded away from sports videography because I had been exposed to so much in it and I kind of told myself all right Dustin do you want to live how these people are living which isn't bad I think I, I was uh, telling someone recently that a lot of people reach a certain point and they're content, they're happy. And I'm a type of individual where I'm never really content. And I remember after I uh, got my associate's degree, um, I wanted to, to keep pushing my talents. And I was like, I want to, uh, to go to a major university. So I went to the University of Oklahoma and, and that was for a year. And um, 
that was an interesting time too because whenever I was there, um, I had so much experience and I I wanted to shoot for cross country or track. That's what I told uh, my boss at the time. I wanted to shoot cross country or track. So like, all right. And uh, the track. So where did you work? Like when you were in the University of Oklahoma, like you were in the AV department or you were yeah, shooting uh, for the sports team? Or yeah, they had, on there? they had uh, Sooner Sports. So Sooner Sports uh, takes care. So like students and then also they have freelancers that work for them. Um, but with my background, I beat out a lot of people. Um, I, I beat out a lot of people who like me coming in, I was considered uh, a junior, but really it's my first year there. So technically I would be a freshman and to anybody who, uh, was shooting for them, like you can't really travel with the team until you're like a junior or a senior because you need to grow, uh, you need to grow with the team, learn, or like grow with the organization and learn how to do things. But they just put it in my wheelhouse and uh, for sure I was like looking at the other freelancers and seeing like, oh, how are they working? And there were students coming up to me like, hey, how, I heard you were in uh, Nebraska mm-hmm. um, uh, this past weekend. And then it turned into, hey, I heard you were in New York this past weekend. And they're just, there it is on the sidelines kind of like, how is this guy doing this? And at that time I wasn't really what I was comparing myself to at that time, whenever I was still in the sports, but uh, doing sports was looking at all the videos that were on uh, like college football game day and um, ESPN highlight reels. And I ultimately wanted my videos to like people to see them um, at the university, but because of certain things, uh, (laughs) sometimes, Sometimes my name wouldn't show. Uh, the department the department name would show because uh, I. Of that's course, who gets I, the credit. Yeah, that's who gets the credit. Yeah, that's um, who gets the credit. So yeah, it was it was like examples like that and other examples along the way where I was like, you know what, I don't I don't think sports video is is for me right now. I have the experience, and um, uh, there was multiple things with school. I. I was kind of fading from school. Um, I was thinking about dropping out. I wanted to go to an art school. And uh, I guess to kind of touch on that, uh, there is more kind of uh, anxiety about that of thinking like, all right, what are my parents going to think? I just moved to Oklahoma to go to school. And if I decide to drop out and then move to – where this art school is and I, I applied to SCAD, which is an art school in uh, uh, Georgia. They have it in Savannah and they have it in Atlanta. I mean, yeah, Atlanta, Georgia and Savannah, Georgia. And uh, I got accepted because of my portfolio that I created after high school and my portfolio that I created at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, they told me how many years it was going to be and they said, all right, Long story short, dude, it's going to be four years and it's going to be probably $120,000. And I had already dropped 42000 for one year at OU. So I was like, yeah, it probably isn't the best thing. Um, So then from that, I I, uh, already knew I was going to drop out. Uh, (laughs) But my last semester, I I created all that content for – the track and field team, which is a great experience, and which which was crazy. At the end of the school year, 
we had a couple athletes make it to um, the NCAA National Championships, which at the time was held in Eugene, Oregon. And my whole background with Nike, I got so excited. So I like pushed <laughs> everything that I had. Like the school year was already done. I was already like coming back to Houston. And I was like, you know, contacting all the right people that I was contacted with during uh, the track season. I was like, yo, like, do you need like a video guy? Like I'm there, like whatever. And I got in and um, I was able to experience that. And it was very full circle because me running when I was younger, always wanted to go to a major school, always had a love for Nike and see Prefontaine to, to go and film on that field and to just be in that town was, uh, it, it was, a, it was a great experience. Um, but of course in the back of my head, I'm like, all right, I'm still, I'm still dropping out. <laughs> uh, I, it was just, there was multiple things that, that pushed me, but then I come back to Houston. Um, and I knew that I wanted to, uh, keep pushing video, keep pushing photo. And so I, I went back, lived with my parents, uh, for about six months, saved enough money or what I thought was enough money. <laughs> and I told myself, I'm going to move to Austin, Texas mm -hmm. because I was looking on Instagram and in my head I was thinking, all right, there's all these artists who like, I see they go and they live there or they grow up there. And before you know it, they're like in New York and LA. And it, and it wasn't like, it wasn't a lie but it was definitely something that was embedded in my head mm -hmm. because of what I saw on social media. And so- So you think it's like a false truth? Um, I, think it, I think it was a false truth to an extent, but where I'm at now, seeing that experience from a different perspective, I, wouldn't, I would not have taken it back. I loved my time. I did a year in Austin and Austin is a very expensive city to live in, especially when um, at the time I was not getting many video photo jobs. I was driving for Uber and Lyft uh, probably 90% of my time. <laughs> um, but I was definitely, the uh, I was developing my social skills and meeting people every day that I, uh, every day that I drove. And, and also too, I was learning so much from other people who weren't from Austin. A lot of the people that I drove around were from different countries. So I was getting educated on different people's cultures. Um, and then also learning the streets and learning places to shoot at um, in Austin. And, uh, and I think I, I think I did a, yeah, I, I did for sure. I had like one or two uh, photo meetups that I did out there and I brought other photographers together and I met multiple people and uh I, I grew out there but at the same time i was like man i have to do i have to do something different i have to be different how can i be different and i remember whenever i was living out there i uh i started doing sets of three on my instagram and it's still sets of three now but it's a little bit different at the time it was just like three photos three photos three photos three photos and now it's like a photo set photo set and then a video um but yeah, I, I was doing that and I was posting every single day on my Instagram. And uh, 
yeah it, it and there is some days where like man, i don't want to post like but i but i i noticed a gradual increase of my followers i was gradually increasing but it wasn't like a huge chunk um but i guess it was something that just keep me going and when when was it i think in the summer uh during that year there um i had a contact in dallas that i was working with and uh i have a lot of family that lives in dallas and so i just went on a limb and was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go to dallas for a summer and then my parents were like is everything okay like you're living in austin you have a lease in austin and you want to mm -hmm. go live with family for a summer and did you break your city. lease i didn't break my lease um my roommate had a friend who i was able to have her um I was able, I was, yeah i was able to have her sublet um there's <laughs> a little backstory to that we'll kind of touch on that later <laughs> but uh she was helping me out and i i moved to dallas lived with family and was thankfully introduced to a huge community um, in Dallas and um, very thankful for uh, the people that I've met out there in the creative community. I'm still in contact with a lot of them still to this day. And of course they have grown so much since that summer. Um, but even during that time, that was a very, uh, I would say it was a very low point because it's just like you, I'm an individual who I was driving for Uber and Lyft a lot. Didn't have many video photo jobs. I was literally trekking across uh, the state of Texas, just trying to get my name out there, trying to push my work. Okay, so uh, you're moving around so much. You're in many different cities and you're changing your network in each city. So you're in Dallas, one part. You're in Austin, Houston, as well as you move all the way to Oklahoma. So what is uh, your North Star? Like what... How, what's like the main goal? Like, I know you want to do photography and I know you want to do videography, but like what type of photography is it that, that you're pursuing? And, and how do you keep from getting distracted while you try and um, navigate all these different cities? Right. So I wanted to, the, the North Star um, is being able to shoot for companies, whether it be like, uh, a bikini, lingerie, um, fitness. So like commercial and, and it, photography? Yeah, commercial photography. And I, I wanted to to just work with so many companies that like that's that's my main thing. Like I have like, I don't know, maybe three to five companies that I'm working with um, on a continuous basis. And um, yeah, definitely, definitely at that time with bouncing around a lot, I, I didn't know what was next. And I think that's what put me in, in a low spot of in my head thinking, no, I had the experience and like, I need to be at this point already. Like I see all these people like doing these things. Like I know I'm better than the next guy type of mentality and realizing now where I'm at currently, I had to experience all that jumping around to fully grow and to fully meet the people that I was meeting. I remember being in a very low point and um, wanting just to create art, like my, my own art. And I remember I, I took a trip to Los Angeles on my own and I stayed at a creative house when I lived in, in, uh, in Austin. And 
there is a guy who had his own bikini company and I did work for him and he took a liking to my work and a liking to the energy that I brought to the table. And he said, Hey, I want you to come out here again um, soon and everything's going to be covered. And in my head, I'm thinking, what do you mean? Everything's going to be covered. He's like, you can stay at the creative house. Like you won't have to pay anything. Um, your, fl your flight will be covered, all this stuff. And it was like, he was manifesting something for me. And to fast forward, I was doing my summer in Dallas and I didn't know what was going to happen. I was driving a lot, doing a lot of things. And six months later, he contacts me and he says, hey, there's this music artist. He wants a, a music video done. And Oh, this is the Bikini Man? Yeah, this is the guy who has the bikini company. And I go, okay. And this music artist reached out to him because, of course, he saw all the girls that he was taking photos of and he had the company so my contact had a lot of connections and so this music artist was like all right who's your best guy and then my contact says uh my best guy lives in texas and then of course the music artist being in los angeles is thinking why don't we get a photographer or a videographer yeah. here in los angeles you can literally step outside throw a rock and hit somebody with a camera for, like for sure <laughs> and so my my guy stuck his neck out for me and said i'm the best guy i'm the best person for the job and really pushed it and <laughs> i was living in dallas and i was just so such at a low point i wasn't really making much money and uh i got my flight covered i got to stay at the creative house um just for free um, everything was covered just like he said which was pretty crazy and but I look around me and look at the equipment that I have and at the time I think I have a Canon 70D I have a 24 to 70 I have no stabilizer I have no lights I have nothing <laughs> to be able to make this music video happen so I literally reach out to other creatives that I met along my journey and, and uh, in Austin I reached out to a guy who had lights, had a huge light kit, uh, different colors, um, strobes and everything like that and then I reached out to another guy in Dallas who had a stabilizer and I was able to pay, pay them for being able to use their equipment but of course it was a lot cheaper than um, renting it from someone else. and. Uh, and so literally I brought all my contacts together, packed everything up, uh, put everything, I had to put everything into a carry-on bag because the, uh, the music artist didn't want to pay for me to have an extra bag. And so literally like all the equipment, my, my, my clothes are all in bags that would go on the plane. And uh, I shot the video and I mean, I love the video. I think it was, it was amazing. And that was Who's the great, artist? Uh, uh, his name's Arizona Deuce. Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Uh, I know he's working on music back in, uh, I think, New York, I believe, or a suburb of New York. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see him consistently on his uh, on his page promoting his music. So I know he's working on some new things. But that 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 was big, and that that was. Uh, I think it just was that your first big win. Uh, it, it was it was my first big win um, during that time period of being in uh, 
in Austin and mm-hmm. Dallas during that time of like, man, like I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. When am I going to do something that's uh, like I have full creative freedom and I'm able to work with an artist. And, and that was a major win during that time. Wow. That was a crazy story that kind of like ended up with you knocking out that music video. I mean, I really liked the ending to that story. It seemed like you had to go through uh, a little bit of like a dry spell where you kind of doubted yourself a little bit and your your ment- your mentality was like, you know, how am I going to manifest this goal of being a commercial photographer? Yeah. And it just seemed like at all of it just fell in your lap in a sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So um, what are you curious about now? Like what, what, what piques your uh, curiosity as a photographer? That's a good question. <laughs> um, what would I say? What piques my interest now? As a as a photographer, or just as like creating content? Or? Yeah, both. Um, pretty much goes hand in hand. You know? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't really. Well, I think what piques my interest currently um and creating content is how to create a schedule where everything works like clockwork and also i want to get better a lot better with video and and how do i do that and i'm watching these i don't know if you kind of see them on your uh on your on your uh explore page if, if you follow any video accounts, but there's a lot of video accounts that show like behind the scenes of like how a shot was created. And mm. I am addicted. <laughs> I am addicted to watching those because you see like on the top screen, how it looks all color graded, the final shot. And then below you see how the cameraman moved the camera to get that shot. And, um, I, as of right now, that's kind of been piquing my interest on like, how can I move my camera and how can I direct better uh, to get very interesting shots that not many people see and um, to create a, uh, a schedule so that um, my, my head's not in the cloud somewhere thinking like, hey, how do I, how do, I do this? Like, I want to be able to get into a rhythm of like, all right, if I get a lead here, all right, let's, let's close that deal. Let's, let's move to the next, the next project. Um, and, um, thinking, thinking forward thinking, um, is something that I'm continuously getting better at. I'm a, I'm a big perfectionist on, uh, like having an idea and executing it properly. Have an idea and executing it properly. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I remember, I, I, it was a very, I, I had moved back from Austin to, to Houston. And just like I said earlier, I've been trying to like have an abundance of brands that I'm working for. So like right, right now over the past couple of years, I've been telling myself, Hey, let's get to three to five, three to five people or brands that you're working for consistently. So I, I was in a very low point. I'm like, man, how am I going to do this? And I'm, sending emails, sending emails, getting no's, getting maybes. And then all of a sudden, um, an opportunity with a fitness company, um, not even in the U.S., 
takes a liking to my portfolio that I sent over and gave me a shot. And I did a job for free. And then that led to a budget being created. And that budget got bigger. And the people that I started shooting with got bigger. And I would have never thought that would ever happen. But it's a part of me having the idea of like, yeah, this is what I want to happen. And me just taking the steps of keep pushing stuff out, keep contacting people. Um, and sooner or later, someone's going to say yes. Mm. So during that era of you reaching out to people and like reaching out to people and kind of pitching yourself, are you actively working on yourself or are you just getting to the point where you're just like, you know what, my stuff is locked. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm at a good place right now. Um, I believe in my skills. It's just time to just sit down and just start cold calling people. Mm. Is that is that is that where you were, or were you constantly were you like doing both? You were like selling yourself and actively learning how to do things. Uh, for for me right now, I'm I'm consistently I'm I'm still doing that. I I would say during my time in Austin and during my time in Dallas, and um, I I consistently did that. I started. I started making myself like be very vulnerable mm -hmm. and taking jobs that I normally wouldn't take, but I had to take them to really get by to like, I knew I was good. I know that I'm good. I'm, I'm confident that I'm, that I'm good at what I do, but I had to continually do jobs that I didn't want to do and, and just do them and do them mm -hmm. and do them. So to, sh to show people that like, this is my portfolio, it's growing, this is what I'm doing. And um, oh, I lost track of what I was saying. It's <laughs> fine. Um, no, I ba basically, I, I had to uh, not sell myself short, but I had to start taking jobs that I didn't want to do. And continually to do them to grow as a person, grow as a creator, and mm -hmm. and push that. And then it, it reached a point where I started making up crazy numbers in my head um, because of experience in Austin and experience in Dallas. And these crazy numbers were price points that I would give potential clients for my services. And I manifested that. And all of a sudden, I'm getting paid those crazy numbers now. Mm. And okay, so you kind of seems like you had like you had to like push through a money block then, huh? For for sure, for sure. And and once I was able to push through that, just more and more opportunities just come my way. And I think also too, it's it's good to put others around you on. I think that was a major thing that I learned living in Austin and living in Dallas with those creative communities out there that everybody was putting each other on everyone was reposting each other or going to each other's events and i started doing that more what i noticed was the more that i did that mm -hmm. the more that i started putting people on and being like hey i can't take that job but i know someone who can or um there was an opportunity out there that um it could fit like me and like three other guys could take it and we are put in a group chat and like the main director is going to see who's going to be um, 
like behind the scenes or who's going to be second cameraman. And it's like, it's opportunities like that. When you start putting yourself in the room with like the top people and helping everybody out that sooner or later it, it returns back to you. And I mean, an example the other day, uh, I did a job for, um, a company that does mobile cleaning and the guy gave me five business cards because I, I noticed in his head, he's thinking the same way. Like, if I just gave this guy one business card, what is that going to do? But let me give him five so he can give them to other people. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I took one to keep and I put the rest in a very popular coffee shop in downtown Houston that also had a, uh, a chalkboard that had other people's business cards up there. So then that even gave them even more exposure of people walking by and like, hey, what's this what's this cleaning service? So it's it's little things like that mm. that you'd be surprised. I think after I did that, I think two or three days later, um, a major lead came my way. And so it's not really much it's not really all about DGE films. It's it's more about how can you help right. other people right. step forward rather than just always being about coming from a, a place of selfishness, always a place of self. And I, I like that mindset because the more you help, the more it does. I, I, I like to think it, the more it comes back to you, you know, especially if you're doing it from a, a sincere, genuine space, not like, oh, I'm going to strategically like you're in your head. Oh, I'm going to put it here. And then I know that the universe will give me something like it's nah. not like that. Nah. So I, I like that. I like that a lot, man. So yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and okay. uh, talk about like who are the three people that have been uh, most influential to you. That's a good question too. Um, the three people that have been most influential, I would say the first, my father. Um, the second, I would say my uncle. And then the third, I'd probably say my mother for sure. So family, family, yeah, I all like three that. family, yeah. Why? Those three people. I mean, my mom and dad—they brought me into this world, of course. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for them. <laughs> um, my my father. I mean, my father. His his work ethic is um, just through the roof. I mean, he's the type of person when he walks in the room. Uh, he has so much energy and can really move a room. Um, you can put my dad in a room with like two alpha males and they will, they will get worried about his presence being there. <laughs> and my dad is the type of person who he can be very, very vocal and, and shake the room um, positively. But whenever he's at the house or just relaxing, he's very... He's very, uh, he's a big introvert. Um, and my, my mother, she's someone who has been a school teacher for many years, I think 30 plus years. And of course she instilled in me, um, good manners, uh, to be <laughs> the, the whole, uh, hold the door open for people. Um, just little things that not many people think about today. Um, she instilled that in me along with my father and then my uncle, uh, my uncle Gabe, he's someone who, uh, we have talks time to time. He's always checking in. He's one of those, 
he's one of those cool uncles who uh, would uh, be like, you guys would meet up and he'd be like, hey, let's go to let's go to Urban Outfitters, and we'd be in Urban Outfitters, and he'd be looking at the vinyl records and buying a, a T-shirt that you wouldn't think like at the time. He I think he was like in his thirties or something, like a normal. 35 year old or 36 year old would would wear but he's wearing it and i'm just like wait what, like, what? <laughs> um, he's like yeah it's cool and it, it, so he's always staying youthful for sure yeah, yeah. For sure. it's um, always it's kind of like a kid-like mentality i mean mm-hmm. in a, in a yeah and, and i i have a i have a lot of respect for him because when he was around my age he decided to take the whole route to go to la and pursue acting and um, he he went through a lot as well, and I remember when the Super Bowl was in Houston, I think in two thousand four or two thousand five, he was in a Bud Light commercial, and mm. our family didn't even know that it was it was happening, and we're just at at home. We have a big party going on, and we see him in a Bud Light commercial, and we record it and everything when when TiVo was around and all that stuff. And yeah, lost your stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then. To jump forward like a year or two ago, uh, I was pushing him to get uh, new headshots done to send to to send to his agent, and mm-hmm. I, I took headshots for him. He submitted them. Uh, the the ball started to get rolling. I think he got some some more headshots done, and uh, he booked uh, he booked a role on Chicago Fire, I believe. Yeah, on nice. Chicago Fire, I think, and he was uh, he was just an extra. Well, he wasn't. He was like a supporting. I'm probably misspeaking, but he he He's was probably in, like one of the people that showed up, like and came out. Oh my god, my school is on fire! Oh my god, <laughs> he, this guy got was, stabbed. Uh, gives like the backstory to the firemen when they show up. Yeah, he you know, was, they like uh, covered in smoke. He was like that guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my god, Mister Chief, he's over here. It's everything's on fire. It's so horrible. So glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think cool. I think it was. Chicago. I get them mixed up, but I know it was one. Of the, it was either Chicago Fire or Chicago PD. And you got Chicago Fire. You got Chicago PD. You got was, Chicago yeah, Hospital. He, he you was got the, Chicago Uber. That's my favorite one. No, I'm just Chicago. kidding. Not, no, I'm just messing with <laughs> I'm you. I'm about to really. say. They got that that French Chicago part. Uber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's not real. But I like those uh, Chicago series. Those yeah. are those are great. It kind of seems like for you, if more people took their mindset and put it on a place of need rather than wanting, mm-hmm. then they would accomplish more in a sense. For, for sure. I'm, I remember driving so much in, in all, I mean, all across Texas, Houston, Austin, Dallas for Uber and Lyft and literally driving seven, eight hour days to, to get by. I knew how much money I needed each day. And then of course that equivalates over how many days in the month I need to drive plus my video and photo jobs that I was doing. And during those drives, so many ideas would come to me and, and I would be like, I need to stop driving. This isn't something that I, I need to do. I need, I need to become a full-time photographer, videographer, content creator. Like I, I needed it. And now Were you creating on during those Uber days? Were you able like maybe take a thirty minute lunch break and go shoot some stuff behind a building? I I don't know. You know mm, were you creating or no? I I was, but not as not as much as I I probably could have been. I mean, those those days looking back were were very tough, man. Like there, like I wouldn't eat enough. I wouldn't drink enough water because 
you drink enough water, you got to use the restroom that takes time away from making money. And that's when I started really realizing time, like time was became a major thing during that year of like, wow, like, all right, I'm going to drive around here. But uh, especially when I lived in Dallas, there was a lot more events. And I remember, all right, I'm going to drive from from 10 a.m. to about four, five o'clock because there's an event happening on this side of town around six, six thirty. And then I would like, then I would make time for my creative side. I, I tell people a lot. It's like, if you work a nine to five or you work a major job, but you have like your side hustle, make time for it, whether it be video photo or whether it be creating, um, any kind of job or event company or whatever, like you start putting in those hours on the side. And before you know it, you're going to be at this crazy, like that could be your new career. And, um, yeah, it just takes putting in the time. I agree with that 100%. Mm. I, I think people should treat their, like you say, like their side hustle. I think they should treat uh, their side hustle with more importance than their actual job. Like you're not going to show up late to your job, right? So why would you allow yourself to show up late or not turn in projects or, or work in time on your side hustle right you know or you know like set schedules with yourself and and meet and meet and show up and treat it with the same importance you would your actual job For you sure. know because sure. it's, it's like the mindset like you can go give your job eight hours why can't you give yourself at least three a day mm-hmm. at least three yeah you know what i mean so i agree with that sentiment a hundred percent what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours first it's hard (laughs) um i would say i I would i would go back to to uh meet as many people in the in the field that you can as quickly as you can and don't be afraid to put yourself in uh, big rooms and when i say that i mean in the sense of people that are very very knowledgeable and skilled at that specific profession like, don't be afraid to get into that room and open up that ear and um, listen to what these people are saying because you have no idea, like, these little nuggets of information um, can help you and direct you uh, that sometimes schooling can't. Sometimes you got to be around people um, out at events or um, in different cities, uh, people People who have that that knowledge and those higher level skills um, can really help uh, younger individuals just getting into the field. And um, where can uh, where can our listeners uh, connect with you online? What's that? Where can our listeners connect with you online? Like, how can uh, people find you online? On uh, I'm mostly mostly on Instagram, uh, DGE Films, and then um, so yeah, on on there. I have, uh, I think, two accounts in my bio. Uh, give me some fruit, and then I have uh, DGE BTS. Um, so, give give me some fruit is mostly just kind of a tropical style, more um, hand hand selected um, shots that I'm kind of curating for that page. And then DGE BTS uh, just kind of started off, and and that's going to be just behind the scenes uh, video recaps of uh, photographers or videographers um that i'll be capturing kind of behind the scenes content for that's pretty cool so give me some fruit is like a 
content creation page or what, so what is that about? Give me, give me some fruit. Uh, I created it when I was living in Austin and it was sort of an escape from just looking at my feed. Of course, whenever I was living in Austin, like posting every day and that whole, like it, it kind of took over, uh, my, my mindset of like, man, I just need to like stop for a bit. So I decided to create, give me some fruit. And, um, I'm really going through Instagram and really searching for a particular, a particular look. And since I started that, I've been exposed and seeing so many new models that I would have never thought, like not just in the U S like all over the world. It was also, uh, created for, um, personal reasons of how I wanted to, uh, showcase women and, um, uh, basically I think I was going to say if anybody, anybody asked me like, why, why that name? Um, it was just because fruit, like if it's a hot summer day, I guess the best example was like, if it's like a hot summer day outside and like you come inside, like what is your feeling when you eat like, um, like a nice fresh fruit, like strawberries or grapes or whatever, like, like satisfying, satisfying. And like, um, like you're indulging and in, in something that's like filling to you and refreshing. And so I really like to, to bring that feeling uh, to that page and how I select them um, for that. So, yeah. I dig that. A lot of your photography is like very female based. I mean, uh, you saying that about, you know, give me some fruit and satisfying. I'm starting to see a kind of a theme that like women are like very satisfying to your eyes aesthetically. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's, it's funny uh, for, well, it's, it's funny to me, um, kind of hearing sometimes what, what people like say about my work and like the, all these, they say, man, all you shoot with all these beautiful girls, all these beautiful women. And I go, yeah, I mean, women are beautiful and like, I want to be able to, to capture them in a way that it's the same thing of like wanting to capture someone and like, a, a time and a place and you capture that shot, whether it be on film or digital and no one can ever take that shot away from you. And so over my time of taking photos, I've made it a point of trying to capture um, women in a way that truly represents them as individuals and how they feel in that moment. And if I need to add either a beautiful scenery or add more details to the shot to like make that possible. Um, mm -hmm. I, I will, and I'm trying to, to curate that even more. And right as, as of right now, give me some fruit is definitely kind of speaking for me of how, yeah, maybe how I would want my page in the future to look. Um, and it, and, um, uh, I'm, I'm wanting to start putting some of my work on there, whether it be, a woman with fruit or um, either like a black and white or a video that I create in a tropical area um, in the future. So it's, it's kind of like future motivation that I created for myself without even really realizing it. I like that. All right. So you, you, you want to leave the people with any um, lasting words? Um, if you're a, a creative and just keep shooting, I know a lot of people get that a lot, but you'd be surprised that like, you keep shooting and, 
and five years go by, 10 years go by, you would have no idea the people that you would meet and um, the opportunities that they could, they can, I can't, I'm like starting over my words. Um, mm -hmm. The opportunities that can arise, the people that you can meet and you have no idea uh, what like next week could bring or next year can bring if you do, if you keep pushing and um, just be kind to others. You have no idea what that next person uh, in your field or in the grocery store is going through. So be kind to others. Be kind to others. All right. Thank you for your time, Dustin Estrada. It's been another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Offstage with Jordan Baylor. Now go forth and create.